Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his pal, Dave Damashek. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you with his good, good pal, Dave Damashek. What an action-packed weekend, Dave. We might as well. Let's hit up. Let's hit. Well, let's hit the big scores. Uh, yes, Miracosta, JV version, 23-20 over Culver City Centaurs. They made glue out of those Centaurs. Archie Icano, two tip passes, both led to interceptions. Good job by them. And then, I don't know, I guess there was basketball this weekend? Wait, so Archie, I didn't get the, it, it was not updated in the newspaper. I thought that, uh, <laughs> I, I bet Archie minus one and a half sacks. I did not hit that. Oh, uh, no, you went under. You went dang. under there. He was in yes. on up one, but yes. Well, that's that a bummer. It. Yes, we. Uh, uh, I did enjoy a ton of college basketball action, just to be clear, Sal, I want to for you and anyone else. Let me I hear this. Hit up by a bunch of people. I enjoy March Madness. Mm-hmm. I love it. I also enjoy Red Dawn. I don't think Red Dawn should win the Academy Award. I am po- pointing out flaws. Doesn't mean it takes away from my uh, from my. What's enjoyment the flaw? The What's the big flaw that you see in this? Oh, I don't even. I don't even think you're right about this. What are you saying? The best team isn't what you could flip a coin. Is that what you said in a? Sweet. Joel, what did he say? You could flip a coin and, and come up with a better result? That's not true. Oh, you're not going to make me read this tweet, are you? I don't know. I might put it a uh, uh, point down and say this after. Let's see. Let's see what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Do those eyeballs looking at it. Yes. All right. All right. Then you don't own it as much. It just means you're regarding it. If you say this, it means right. I agree. These are the Twitter rules, Sal. Babyface, help us out. What What did he say? All right. At 4.30 p.m. yesterday, I know March Madness is a great event for gambling. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. For gambling. Okay. Fun. That's a vote of, uh, uh, that's a thumbs up. Okay. Next. Day drinking. Love day drinking. The older I get, the better I enjoy day drinking over its partner, night drinking. Mm-hmm. And cheering for anonymous players who are doughy and or mustached. Fun. Yes, mustachioed. Yes, that's right. So there's some doughy guys out there that make us feel better about ourselves. Like, look, it's me actually doing well at high-end college basketball. See, but, these are but, all great things. Yes. But there's a but. But flipping a coin would be an equally effective way to measure who the sport's best teams are. It's not true. Inarguable at this point. No, it's not true at all. I think actually in argue, I think you're doing too much day drinking if that's going to be your conclusion. Flipping a coin. So why? So if Gonzaga trucks everyone and wins by 15 every game, you're going to be like, oh, we could have flipped a coin and come up with the same kind of result, right? For credibility's sake, yes. But already CBS and the network partners of this tournament are already surely bummed out. Why? Cade Cunningham. Is it good that Cade Cunningham's out already? I mean, of course they were. Rooting. Is that what going to be the best team? That Oklahoma State team was going to be what? What seed were they? They got knocked out. So what? They were a four seed. That They're was a four they, seed. If they I, were in the finals, that would. Have been that would have been okay with you. That would have been showing the best team that was there. It listen, I enjoy it immensely. I, I just don't think you're think watching. That we are now. We we continue to be as college basketball has shifted over the last twenty years a little bit to from from any worthwhile player. I mean, it's the one and done rule that has really altered this thing so wildly. But Oregon State, who I'm completely anonymous. Okay, it's fine. It's very early on. We're one and a half rounds in. This is this is Monday morning. They're starting the 
end of the second round here. There's a game that tips off in about a half hour. It's Iowa, uh, Oregon. Dave, there are three ones left. There are three Good. twos left, and there are three threes left. What do you you don't you need all four ones being in the final four? That's the only way to validate this. Well, first of all, let's wait and see how. Uh, get back to me um, when uh, darkness falls. On, sure, but uh, why tweet that then when there's so many good teams still left? I don't understand. It's, I don't, I don't get it because at all. I look at because I'd like to watch more of Cade Cunningham. That's basically what it boils down to. Legitimately, it's for me, Sal. It's it's you know I guess maybe I have to say this because um, it's about delayed gratification. And as somebody who's renowned for being you know a, a, a vigorous lover, surprisingly so, a surprisingly mm. powerful lover, it's about that. Are you, is is it the short term bang that you need? Are you willing to uh, to sting it a little bit and extend it for a little while? Well, I'm willing to go into the next weekend of enjoyment. That's uh, that, that's and the you long will play, you because understand. history shows that the better teams end up winning this thing. They do. You make it like there's an eight seed that wins every year. 2019. I'm looking now. I was going to have Joel do this, but 10 out of the last 13 years, a one seed has won this thing. So don't you think you're a little harsh? And your I critique. suppose I listen. I get it. I just we we. Don't I mean, this need... is your worst take. You've had bad takes, but this is your worst take that you've done no research for. I know. I'll give no, you no, credit. No. I, I listen. I understand that uh, that the credibility of the tournament survives because some one seed sneak through. I just I listen. I, I believe in merit, Sal. Don't you see? And I don't like <laughs> You're getting it. You're what getting is the it. point of but but what what involvement? What requirement <laughs> what is there that care? Syracuse be there? Why why is the eighth-ish best team well, I, in the ACC is, even in this mess? Why what's what's Oregon State have anything to do with anything? At let this me point? remind That's you about the one and duns. The Tampa Bay, the five lost Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Okay. And everybody seems to be fine with that. Okay. You do five losses over 16 games, that would be a 10 or 11 lost team in the NCAA winning the championship, which you would have had a problem with, which you will have a problem with. I don't right, know. Listen, listen, I don't want to get up on Mount Pius about <laughs> it, and I don't want to I don't want to be called a curmudgeon. I, I understand this is a curmudgeonly opinion. And if you want me to double down on it, I will for you. I don't think we need seven teams. I don't think we need six playoff teams per conference in the NFL nah, either. Again, I wish we would play. I, I get it that we're not going to change things because people watch it more and it engages more fans and the network deals are worth multi-billions because they, uh, because of increased fan involvement. I, I, I get it all. I'm just saying based on merit, if I were in charge of sports, which mm -hmm. I hope to be in the next decade or two, what I will then do, I will enact a World Series in which you only have two teams make the playoffs the two pennant winners, and then it plays a best All of nine. Right. Let's I like the good teams playing know, each other. That's, That's what so I like March, March Madness becomes March through July Madness. That's fun. Everybody will do three out of five <laughs> every single matchup until you get your ones meeting in the finals. I don't know. I just this. I feel like this is like, how could Disney World say this is the, the happiest place on earth? There is a spot in Okinawa where the sun sets just right. I was like, so what? The kids are having fun. Everyone's smiling. I lost That's thousands right. of dollars this weekend and I couldn't get enough. I was like, give me another game. I was like a crack addict. But Sunday night, that's it. Oregon State and uh, in, in, in Oklahoma State, that's it. We're going to end on this? No, I need listen, more. I it's the greatest. Listen, I love Die already. Hard Stop. too. I also enjoy the Phantom Thread and Die Hard is not, uh, is not Phantom Thread. You understand? 
That's what March Madness is. No, it's I don't hard. understand. Super exciting. I don't understand. Doesn't mean does, doesn't mean it it, it deserves uh, rewards for for its uh, workmanship it does. for for its art. It's a it's it fun. does. It's great. ten of the last thirteen years, a, a one seed one. I think they do pretty. They, it's not flipping a coin. You got to win six games. That's a good team that wins the whole. Sal, thing. let just me just does. say something. It just is. Are you sure yeah. you want to argue with me, a a man who has established himself <laughs> as the foremost voice in? Really straddling the line between college basketball yes. and uh, and professional basketball. I think I've uh, what happened there. Let, let let's rem- uh, let, I don't know. There's a lot going on. My buddy uh, Todd Furman got called out by the uh, Arkansas coach Musselman. I don't know why these guys are just trying, just getting uh, bothered by a Todd Furman. My goodness. And then you uh, mm-hmm. for your prediction on minus three, but you had a little backing there. Tell everybody what went went down. I listen. I was I was informed by people who would seem to know mm-hmm. tied in pretty close to the basketball program down there in Bloomington, Indiana, mm-hmm. who were under the impression, at least, that Brad Stevens was not only uh, going to join the Indiana Hoosiers as their next men's heads basketball coach, mm-hmm. but he was going to do it imminently, which makes all the sense in the world because Brad Stevens isn't going to walk out the closer you get to the playoffs. Um, on in the Eastern Conference, which, by the way, the Celtics are no lock to make. They're now at eight seats. So right. Let's wait and see if they even get in and if it's his choice, whether he leaves the Celtics or not. But I was informed he was going to take the gig. It made a ton of sense to me. I said I have two separate people telling me this. And so I floated it out there. Look, I, I took a shot, Sal. This uh this uh, breaking news game, it's a tough racket, man. It's not it's easy, business. right? I took my shot. I missed it. So be it. We we get on Woj and Schefter. We make the, the punchlines oftentimes. But yeah, you did take a shot. You missed it. And what? And then the, the bar stools of the world, they wrote an article. They didn't know who you were. Like, I love that. Uh, that they, was hurtful to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, no, that, I knew that was going to be the worst part of this for you out of anything. <laughs> That, oh, listen, that's outrageous. But look, but but um, they have a world where only they exist, and for them to not know you, I give that a <clears throat> six point eight, just a little bit too greasy. No, it's there. No. It's one of their ham and eggers. I, I obviously oh, okay. I know. Uh, I know. I, I listen. I you know me. I'm I'm above the line, Sal. Mm-hmm. I know. I I know the uh, the important fellows over there. The uh, the Coley's and uh, and Joey's and uh, mm-hmm. and the Big Show fellows over there. I I, I don't bother myself with the. Uh, you know, with the ham and eggers. Right. This, I gotcha. No, some don't, guy don't get him. didn't know who I was, but anyway, I, that's fine. Um, well, we're not going to get you started on ham and egg, but we should talk about this tournament. The, the, let's the, talk about the it. result that prompted you to send that, that ill-fated tweet. Illinois loses to Loyola, Chicago, 71 58. They got blown out of the gym, Dave. They never had the lead. They lost the second half. They're down by double digit and they lose the second half. And Sister Jean just lives. She sits there and she claps. God bless her. She's 101. She sits in there in that wheelchair and claps and and she has the hat on. And I feel like if I'm on that Loyola team, which is pretty damn good, I'm getting a little annoyed. I'm like, hey, when are we going to get recognized? When is Cameron Crutwig, who is uh, the darling of the world? You just mentioned Mm -hmm. it. Monstrous guy with a mustache. Lots of fun. Big white guy. Marquise Kennedy comes off the bench and scores. It's Lucas Williamson, all defense team. No, 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 no big thing. Either way, it's all about Sister Jean. And uh, and I'm I, I think I'm to blame too. I put it up there too. I put I look right away for a Sister Jean joke to put on it's Twitter. A, 
It really is. That's a great point. It's very much like the Ravens winning it in 2012 and all the credit going to Ray Lewis, their washed up linebacker. Like, hey, Joe Flacco's like, hey, I had something to do with this, too, you know. Um, he plays. He, got, he like was out there. being on the Islanders, too. Being on the Islanders this year. It's like, hey, we're, you know, uh, Matt Barzell's like, I'm good, too. It's not just Barry Trotz's system. And now, if you're a Loyola basketball player, it's like, why does the old lady get all the credit? And the answer, right. of course, is this is all God's plan. I don't know why he decided to inject himself into this tournament, but the results are clear. Mm. Between Sister Jean and we are tracking towards a nightmare scenario for uh, for Jesus, for the New Testament uh, oh, uh, I main know what you're man. Say you here. Know, yeah. What are we going to do if Oral Roberts and uh, Sister Jean's Loyola square off in the final four. What if <laughs> what if Abilene what if Abilene Christian gets there too? And Gonzaga. This is going to be a mess for Jesus, and he's going to have to show up at the game true. in one of those split parent jerseys, like uh, like JJ and TJ Water playing today kind of T-shirts. And this is the stakes seem much higher to me. Who's he supposed to support? Um, and because uh, one. Uh, you go to the elite eight. The other one, don't you essentially get damned to to hell for eternity? I mean, isn't oh. that the result of who Jesus doesn't pick? Isn't that the well? The, um, yeah, except they're back next year, right? Loyola mm. did this to us once before. Um, Sister Jean, uh, she's doing it seventy one fifty eight. So Loyola goes on to play Oregon State, and they're a substantial favorite. They're a seven point favorite to advance to the, what would be the great eight, right? Against either Houston or Syracuse. Yeah, this is getting bad <laughs> with the Loyola-Chicago thing. Well, I mean, the, it, other, the other thing is, too, with, with Sister Jean, you know, we praise her and we crack our whys and everything else about uh, about her ability to, to curse other teams, but mm. her powers are only so great. It's almost like the X-Men. Like, you yeah. know, when you watch the X-Men, like, they... Magneto can beat everybody like uh, Wolverine can beat everybody, but Magneto can, can control Wolverine. There's a hierarchy with this sister Jean's oh. powers. Apparently only run so deep. They're good enough to beat you know, a one seed in Illinois in the second round, but are they great enough to, you know, I mean, this is, this, this is like sister Jean's powers run out. She's only so yes. appealing to the big man, apparently, unless, because if we believe, that Sister Jean's prayers can will her favorite team to victory in the early rounds. Then what happens in the later rounds? This is this is the sort of stuff we need a man of the cloth like uh, like hipster Jesus Jim to, mm. to inform us about. Well, it he's doesn't not paying make any attention sense to me. He's paying attention to uh, more important world issues apparently. So we can't even get him to answer. Maybe Sister Jean just flips a coin at the very end, and then to your satisfaction. I don't know what goes on here. Dude. I don't know, I don't know. What, what I don't know about the different denominations. Like I'm not a you know I'm a non practicing Jew, but this is mm -hmm. a real mind bender. And for real, shouldn't shouldn't Christian people be offended by all of this? That this is what Sister Jean yes. is uh, is devoting her powers to. Like, yeah, yeah great. Uh, oh, you 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 got the uh, you got your favorite guys into the next round. Now uh, <laughs> now uh, why don't you go after cancer? Her powers. The poor lady. She sits there in that wheelchair in a gym with 15 pounds of linen on her, just trying to just trying to be happy. Just want to get it out. Does she even rooting for this team? Like, oh, get me out of here. This is sure. but for real, it's more sacrilegious than anything I think you or I could say yeah. if we wanted to. This that this lady is sitting in the chair and like, 
Yep, Jesus, please use your vast powers to make the basketball go through the hoop and people will uh, are, are, are somehow not offended. Somehow it's cute. I don't know why. I, I don't I, I don't get the well, whole thing. You would think. And if she's into this tournament at all, you'd think she would go and, and predict a perfect bracket, which there are none right. left in the world. As far as I know, I don't know. I only see the ESPN numbers and anything else. I have to assume we would have heard by now if there was. And this was early on decided this was Saturday afternoon, which is really if you back it up is really like Friday afternoon previous years. Right. If you work the daylight savings uh, factor in the covid tournament. Um, no perfect brackets left in the world. Um, my no buzzer beater bet wins, Dave. You talk about a curmudgeon. This is what I get. I get crap for all the time. Mm -hmm. I bet every year at minus one fifty, dollar fifty to win a dollar, that there will be no buzzer beaters in the first two days of the tournament. So I needed Friday and Saturday to be none, and it wasn't even really close, was it? I'm trying to think. It there seems was, there crazy. Was some shots put it up legit, to tie it, to send it to overtime, but was not close. It seems crazy that it does it that you aren't on the losing side of that just about every single year. But yeah. you're right. It's it it, it uh, when you go back through it in your brain, like yeah, there was not not that one for all the highlights. And by the way, didn't Kevin Harlan kind of distinguish himself from the pack as a as a play by play guy? We were talking about that last this week. This week? Yeah. Yeah. Just he he's he's just he's been gangbusters on the microphone. And by the way, as a side note too, um, I would think I would have I would have expected to miss um, the crowd and the different gymnasiums and everything else. Um, that's one of the pleasures of the first weekend in the tournament, usually, or at least in my mind's eye, it is. But it occurred to me, wow, maybe it's because the last year we've been watching games essentially in bubbles. And so we're kind of accustomed to it. But also it seems prescient now that five or whatever years ago, the NCAA stopped letting gyms like have their own paint jobs and they all went with that uniform blue and black kind of look. And so mm -hmm. it's negated the sense of like, oh, this is all happening in Indianapolis. I, I have not missed the one thing I've not. No, missed it's this good. Tournament is the crowd, right? They do a nice job with the audio. I thought there would be a problem seeing the same cutaway of the same three people all the time. But, you know, obviously in the loyal case, it doesn't matter because it's always Sister Jean, the director's cutting too. But they do a nice job. I'm I'm really feeling like this is the tournament. Aside from starting on a Friday, Saturday instead of Thursday, Friday, and the fact that there's Monday, like we're we're practically missing a game right now doing this is weird. But uh, I will say it's been great. I love it. Like I said, I can't get enough. And let's keep it going. I, Can know, I say one? Ask, ask yeah. one more question because I'm not sure. Is it going to be this way going forward, or they will they move it back to Thursday? I thought year? this was just a COVID thing, and I really hope they move it back. I like two days of um, weekday basketball. I don't mind. I don't mind this format either. Isn't you know. it, Isn't it wonderful? As opposed to most Sundays when you're watching the tournament in the spring, you're kind of like, "Ooh, work tomorrow." It's kind of like, whoa, whoa, Monday. Yeah, whole, that's true. A whole new slate of games. Delicious. So then next week, it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, if I have it right. Like, that, that's the only thing. We don't have games again after today until Saturday, which I'll miss. I don't know. I just can't be happy either way. But I feel like we should give uh, people winners here. You want to give, you have a hockey game you want to give out. 
Well, I a, yeah, uh, I have two, and I'll also give you a March Madness pick, but this is the best bet going. I talked about it, or I, I've been sort of referencing it for the last couple of weeks, and the Sabres changed their coach. That usually provides a very short-term spike for the team. The Sabres went out after firing their coach, though, and uh, promptly lost the game. There is apparently nothing that the Sabres can do to get on track. This is an all-time bum team, and it's mm. going to get worse because I suspect they're about to start purging all valuable assets as the trade deadline approaches. The Sabres have lost nine of their last 12 games and 12 of their last 19 by at least two goals. Think mm. about how miserable that is. They're not just, they're getting whipped in, in hockey terms by two plus goals in today's game. That's a lot to, to consistently lose by. And they're doing it two thirds of the time. The best bet going is whoever is playing the Sabres Minus a goal and a half. That happens to be Eddie Spaghetti's hard charge in blue shirts. They're they're starting to mm. uh, to come around a little bit offensively, at least. I say uh, go with the Rangers against the Sabres tonight. And then one more for you. Kansas is plus one. Seven, two, and one uh, out of their last 10 against Ooh. the number. USC, a paltry four and six. Jalen Wilson is supposed to play. David McCormack, not, uh, he, he wasn't great. Um the other day, but they survived that one. And I like the vibe of, for what this is worth, I think that these short-term COVID scares are causing teams to rally, to circle the wagons and survive to the next weekend. You saw that with Houston. You saw that with Oklahoma. I say that mm. happens with Kansas against USC today. Go, oh. with the, go with the Jayhawks plus one. Boy, I like, uh, well, the Rangers are plus 112 if you give the puck and a half. Ah, man, I'm staying away from that USC-Kansas game. I do think this is where the Pac-12 bows out a little bit this round because they have to. They're just not that strong. And uh, But that Mobley kid on USC is, is going to be the best on the, on the court. So I stay away from that. But I am going against another Pac-12 team, Colorado, taking FSU, giving a point and a half. Not as impressive, the Seminoles and their win over UNC Greensboro. They needed Raekwon Gray to uh, get hot to win by 10. And Colorado was impressive against that Hoyas team, that 12 seed that everybody wanted to win. That's why this is a low line. I think otherwise it would be three, three and a half. Leonard Hamilton, Dave, who got off the bus Thursday and tore his uh, Achilles. I like that. I like, I like, I don't like that for him, but his team is going to rally. They have 80 and a half points uh, tops in the ACC. That's what they average per game. Like I said, Pac-12, this is a good time for them to tell off a little. FSU has five starters right around 10 points a game, led by Scotty Barnes, who just comes off the bench now. FSU wins 70 to 62. And guess what? You could do all that. Bet it all on FanDuel. That's right. America's number one sports book on FanDuel. Your first bet is risk-free. Doesn't matter if you're betting uh, Florida State or Abilene Christian, whoever. New users get up to $1,000 in site credit back if your first bet doesn't win. They have odds on all the action. Games day and night, easy to use app, multiple deposits, fast withdrawals, and always on promotions. Your next chance to win with FanDuel is only minutes away. And if you haven't heard anything you like so far, I don't know what's wrong with you, but FanDuel is going to up the ante. They want to make you a millionaire Yes, you, Sister Jean, they're giving away $1 million to one lucky better. New and existing users get an additional shot to pay out every day that they bet the tournament. So you want a shot at being a millionaire, thousandaire, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Just use promo code extra points so that they know we sent you. FanDuel. 
com slash extra points. All right, Dave, what do we want to look at? Oh, NBA. Interesting stuff this weekend. High ankle sprain for LeBron. He was the MVP favorite. No longer. Now, I believe, I checked last night on FanDuel, I believe Nikola Jokic is even odds to win the award. This has changed like six times this year and a couple times because of injuries. But let me take a look. Yes, Jokic is minus 110. Embiid, who is still out, 6-1. to one. LeBron is going to be out indefinitely, 6-1. to one. Giannis making a run at plus 650. Dame Lillard, 11-1. And James Harden, 11-1. Explain what do you see, it to me, Sal. Listen, yeah. for real. I, I, You know, gambling 101. Mm. Take me to your knee. Take, take the listener to your knee now. I'm, I'm done. It? I've had three guys. I bet are these that are not futures win. like it's it's a gambling. It's not a chicken or the egg thing. That as we talked about last fall, when Russell Wilson played well for two and a half games and was anointed the uh, the MVP, and by midseason that was laughable, and then it changed a couple more times before Aaron Rodgers emerged. Same thing now happening with the NBA. I assume it's not just random that this has become a talking point. It's because of gambling and people's affection for the future. Yes. And I love them too. Those player props of who you like to to get it over the course of the year. Um, are these good bets ultimately or not though? I mean, well, I, cause, cause they, I mean, I, right. Of course. Not for me. Yes. I mean, I had Luca Luca for some reason, everyone's like, Oh, he's winning uh, MVP before the season started. His numbers go up three and four points a game. He's young. Um, that Dallas team is going to be good. I'm like, great. I'm jumping on him. What do I get? Three and a half, four to one. Great. It's a, oh yes. Uh, you know, Giannis can't win because they don't give it to a guy three years in a row. They just, it's only happened a few times. Um, Luca, he went away because Dallas was hovering around the eight seed forever. All right. So then who was it? It was LeBron, right? Cause, uh, he, he never stopped playing and, now he's hurt. No, it was no, Embiid. I'm sorry. It was no, Embiid. Embiid was the MVP at some point here. Oh, I can't even remember what the hell happened. Yes, it was Embiid. Right, it was Embiid past LeBron. It was LeBron, then Embiid past LeBron, just in odds-wise. Then, and then, then somewhere Embiid got hurt. Then he, Leon Dreisaitl for a couple <laughs> <of> weeks. <laughs> Embiid went away, and so it was LeBron's to win for about two weeks, and now he's hurt, and it's Jokic at minus 110, and I suffered through a Denver game yesterday, lost to the Pelicans. Thanks there. But I don't know. I, I think, um, all right, if you don't want to give it to Giannis um, three years in a row, why, what about like a guy like James Harden? What, what if he puts up in the next 25 games like a bunch of uh, triple doubles, like seven or eight or 10 triple doubles? I think that's the value right now at 11 to 1 odds. Especially I guess so. Us, weird weird message. Hurt. It feels like a little bit to send that uh, yeah. you can you can pretend fat your way out of one sports town and <laughs> into another and emerge as the hero. But yes, hard to debate that uh, that he's been dynamite and a difference maker. I like Jokic though. I like the ma- I I go back and forth on it all the time. Like I'm resentful of Drew Brees succeeding in pro football because it takes away my excuse. He's got like a he's got basically Drew Brees has the equivalent of my arm and is maybe a little shorter than I am. And he gets to go to the hall of fame. Basically he's taken away all my excuses about why I don't play pro football. Cam Newton makes all the sense in the world. When you watch him play or Josh Allen, like, Oh yeah, I can't do what they do. That's why they get to play pro football. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, selfish in my book to, mm. to expose me. Jokic though, the other side's like, 
that guy is the best player in basketball. That I mean, I know he's seven feet tall, but still, look at him. He's right. doughy. You know, right. his Greg Ostertag is about to win the MVP, basically, to my eyeball. It's weird. He's fun. It it does seem like it's just uh yeah, it it is like the the best bouncer in your town is uh just having his way <laughs> in the paint and gonna win the MVP this year. Uh on the other side, LaMelo Ball. Oh, he was fun to watch. He's yeah. out now too. And he is now second in the, I mean, running away. I, I, I happened to check it yesterday morning. He was like minus 600 to win rookie of the year. Well, he's plus 200 because it's looking like unless the second opinion is vastly different, he's going to be done for the year. And Anthony Edwards is a favorite at minus 175. And that guy's been lighting it up anyway. He's been, uh, he's been fun to watch for that Minnesota team. What has he done in the last few games? I know he averages like 17 and four and three, but his last few... Mark, just look at this. His last four games, 27, 21, 34, and 29. He's right in that like 20 to 25 uh, range a night. So I don't mind him getting it at all right there. So anyway, it's weird to um, switch. And not only that, the Lakers are in trouble, I think, Dave, because they could fall. Where are they, uh, Joel Cunningham? I'm going to call both of you Joel Cunningham. What do you think of that? Who answers first? No, Joel Solomon. Hipster Jesus. We have, well, first of all, I just wanted to point out that I picked uh, in our draft LaMelo Ball to win Rookie of the Year with oh. my first overall pick. Oh, it was. That's because right. I was I wanted to pick the most guaranteed pick, I thought. Right. So, that's so why I, I took, that's why I bet Illinois to the final four. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to win that. I wanted to like, I don't want to get crazy here. Let's go with a reasonably safe pick here. I think Illinois to the final. Yeah, Jim, Jim's got two bad ones, right? Uh, Jim, you have two out already? West uh, Virgi- my first one was West Virginia to the final four, but also I have Ohio State's out as well. That's not going to win either, Ohio State. And you have, what, Oklahoma who could uh, lose Oklahoma's by, the, still in it. by the time everyone listens to this. Yeah they'll, be, yeah, they'll be out by the time. Well, yeah. this is why we listen to Harry and should just stick to European and uh, Chinese basketball. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, the Lakers, the Lakers uh, who dropped two in a row are now a three seed. Uh-huh. They are uh, Utah Jazz are the top seed. Phoenix Suns number two, and the Lakers are sitting at three. But, uh, but they're like three games up uh, or four games up, uh, right? But the Dallas Mavericks are the eight seed. Uh, only five five out of the eight seed. Mm-hmm. So could be a uh, a Lakers Suns first round for all we know. Or uh, I don't know. I wonder with LeBron. Right? Does he just get a shot and come back in two weeks? And it's like because they have the Pelicans. They have the Sixers, but in the next, I'm looking at uh, eight games. They have the Cavs, they have the Pelicans, they have the Magic, they have Sacramento. They're at the Raptors. I don't know. They can go four and four over the next eight, and he's back uh, middle of April. I don't, is there any word on him? He probably got the MRI. Probably gets everything done today, right? But it's I love I really do enjoy. I know I'm all over the place between I don't like. Syracuse being relevant at this point in the season when they already showed over the last three months that they don't deserve to be relevant in March Madness, and yet here they are. I also, uh, conversely, we know how good the Lakers are, and all of a sudden, if they slide down in the West seedings, it adds intrigue because Mm. if they were riding high and AD never got hurt, I imagine by by season's end, regular season's end, they would be the number one seed. As it is, though, to your point, if they slide to like... What if they wind up like a 
you know, a four seed, all of a sudden it just makes the West even scarier. Like that's going to be, that's going to be a four or five matchup involving LeBron James and AD and your second round victory is going to, I mean, your second round opponent's going to be the world champion LA Lakers. Right. It, it makes it even more fascinating than it's already going to be. Yeah. I was on fan. I'm trying to find some value in a West team. That's not the Lakers who are still favored to win it at plus plus one thirty-five. The Clippers are plus two ninety. I'm like, are we sleeping on the Clippers? Like, well, they haven't been playing great either. And the Jazz have tailed off, right? I think they're five and five in the last ten. Obviously, still at the top spot, but at well, plus I told you. I mean, maybe I like, you take I, I, the Nuggets or the Suns. The Nuggets twelve to one, Suns fifteen to one. I like the Nuggets, and I, st- I and I told you that. I mean, the 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 Mavs weren't going to stay down, and I, you know, their bottom end of the bracket. They're it's just conversation we could have had at any point in the last 30 years but my goodness the nba western conferences remains loco and now even juicier the the east is great and that brings me all the way back to where we started are we definitely sure that brad stevens is definitely 100 percent not going to get fired so he makes this big statement like i'm a 44 year old man now i'm not a kid i'm like i like dunkin donuts and i drive recklessly that means, I, and I like the Patriots. That makes me a, a mass hole. Like, okay, mm. it's gonna it's gonna be uh, gonna be rough on you, fella. Then uh, be beware um, after the regular season ends because he might be really mad on the roadway there, uh, wow. of drivers. If he, if he gets canned, and by the way, he the idea really- that like Woj, the Woges of the world, like tweeted after the fact, and I don't know how big a hand we had in in spurring Brad Stevens going and addressing his team. But Boston, the Boston sports town definitely did pick up um, this, uh, this, this rumor that I floated out there. And then Brad Stevens had a, had a press or had a meeting with the team to say, I'm definitely not leaving (laughs) and, 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 and and all of that. Um, But like the Woges of the world were like, this is a silly rumor. No one would ever leave the NBA to go back and coach college. I don't know. Quality of life. Wouldn't you rather live in a in a college town if all things were e- all money were equal? Which would you rather do? Would you rather be an NBA head coach or a it's college tough? Basketball I, you you and Hench broke it down pretty pretty well because yes, in the timeouts where you're on the dry erase board drawing up a play and the guy is daydreaming because he's making 150 million dollars like that that's hard to stomach as a coach. But on the other hand, there is a lot of recruiting. What did you you talked about like going into these guys' living rooms and tough parts of town and everything. It would I, suck. I, I, that, to, there's no, good, would good suck. and bad everywhere. There really is. But I don't know. Right, if I'm that's... an agoraphobe at this point. This uh, The last year of COVID has given me an excuse to do what I crave, which is uh, shelter inside away from the rest of humanity. It's great. But I, I so I would never want to go into people's homes and recruit and and eat their, uh, you know, eat, eat their uh, checks mix. Um, yeah, I just, you're, you're giving, I don't know. I, I'm a big Friday night lights fan and that was as good a situation as it could be for a high school coach. And yet the town expects so much of you, you know, it's like, it's, it's such a, it's so it's way more personal when you lose right for a fan base and a college team, I think. Than I guess, but also like it's, it's the old thing about, well, Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time, I guess we can call him didn't mm. exactly thrive dealing with professional level athletes and that was always the thing with Bob Knight and he seemed to be self-aware enough to know that 
this approach would not work with 27-year-old multimillionaires, so that's why I stay in college. Right. I don't know. Maybe Brad Stevens is better suited. The way he delivers delivers a message is more impactful with, with 19-year-old kids than it is with the Boston Celtics. Witness where the Boston Celtics are, and we can chicken or the egg that. It's the talent that they have on that team. They do have two pretty pretty good um, starting pieces with the Celtics, and yet there they yeah. sit at the eighth seed. So anyway, I... I I, I am fascinated by the pushback I've gotten that there's no way anybody would ever consider doing that. What if you know that, you know what, I really like X and an O in it for, for kids better. I like the structure of that more than I do dealing well, with Well, I uh, will say, yeah, I, I bet they don't look at it like we do. I bet when that what I just said about, you know, what you had said about the, you know, having having to coach these multi, multi millionaires, hundred million dollar contracts and staring in the space as you're trying to, uh, you know, rah, rah, the team. I don't think they think that's a problem. In fact, I think that's the challenge right there. Like, no, someone will listen to me. Like I'm so good that a billionaire basketball player, LeBron James is going to stare me in the eye and he's going to take everything I say, uh, as the gospel. So I think that's how they look at it. It really all depends what kind of personality you are, right? When it comes down to this. But the Nets are plus, uh, what are they? Plus 280 to win it all. Now they're the odds on favorite. Lakers three to one. Uh, Clippers plus 550. Bucks 750. I think the Bucks have won nine out of 10. So they're moving. Dave, let's go to Friday and the NFL um, big signings. I thought we were done. Now you, you make a good case and a lot of people make a good case. Um, Ross Tucker says the best free agents or, you know, most impactful free agents are often picked up at the end of March and not in that first week. But still, I felt like as an NFC East Cowboys fan, I was like, oh, the rest of the division kind of didn't pick up. They didn't do much. And then Juju, uh, I'm sorry, then Kenny Galladay signs with the Giants. I'm like, ah, damn it. That team could be good now. Now, now they're getting their pieces and at Danny Dimes, could seem like an upper echelon quarterback. Eddie Spaghetti, jump on here because I know you tweeted you were very excited about their offensive, uh, their their names. It's just name power in general. What are they looking at next year? I mean, getting Galladay, a guy who's a great deep ball receiver, mm -hmm. uh, and Dimes is an actually good deep ball thrower, and plus it's going to make things a lot better for Darius Slayton, which last year he kind of was not the same he was two seasons ago because the top corners are now on him. So when you have a guy covering you know six foot four Galladay, Slayton is going to become uh, more of a threat. Um, and adding Kyle Rudolph, they add Adore Jackson to the cornerback. I mean, I love mm. the Giants this year. They were plus five hundred right before the Galladay signing, and I was telling everyone I knew, I was like, "You, if you think the Giants, you got to jump on them right now to win the division mm. at f plus five hundred because they added the pieces they need. And all by the way, they have the eleventh pick in the draft. They could easily add the best pass rusher or add one of the the Alabama receivers as well. So, like, I'm really easily excited. they could easily do it. <laughs> um, you, you can make your jokes, but I'm I'm quite excited. I mean, I still think the Cowboys are be, just because of how good Dak is, and I I said many times many times that the Cowboys are probably the best team in the division still. But the Giants are going to be right there with them, a five around five hundred, a little bit over five hundred. So uh, I am I am quite excited. They are five to one. They're still five to one to win the NFC East. Cowboys minus one hundred five, still um, the favorite to take it. Yeah, isn't I don't it great know, but, though? But it, the the thing I say. Uh, perennially right around now is mm -hmm. isn't it just marvelous there's something about the nature of football and then the way pro football works in the 21st century with free agency and otherwise 
I really like right now, and and then after the draft, this will be even more true. It's harder right now to make a case for why a team is definitely going to stink out of the 32. Like that team has no chance. Yes. Everybody's good right now. Is that what Everybody is good right now. Yes. Right. It's hard to make a case why a team couldn't make the playoffs right now. I, right. I mean, for real, even the Jags, I can make a case. The only team we know, assuming Deshaun Watson isn't there, it, the Texans aren't going to be in the playoffs. But outside of that, you could kind of make a case like, Oh, Bengals kind of putting it together. Burrow year two. They're building that team up. That's what's uh, so much fun about pro well, football that, in the here and now. And you, you, if you translate that to gambling, we talk about this all the time. People look right away. They want to bet overs, right? Uh, over touch. Oh, Joe Burrow, tw over 22 touchdowns. Yes, for sure. It's going to be Burrow. Yeah. But uh, we also get that, so okay. covetous of yeah. guys, and I wonder – how much, and I'm not trying to pee on uh, spaghetti and uh, Giants fans. Let's pee today. on spaghetti. That'll be well, fun. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, that's uh, I, uh, that's a crime in some states, I believe. <laughs> but I, but I, I'm at, I'm at, I mean that figuratively. And by the way, I don't even want to do it figuratively. I just want <laughs> wish to point out, not to be a curmudgeon again, but. Are we positive? Like we we get so covetous of guys like Kenny Galladay and the the Galladay sweepstakes and who's going to get the best wide receiver on the free agent market? It's like, all right, he gets hurt a lot. You know, he 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 is a high end guy um, at his best, but I I I I think we kind of have reacted to it, myself included. I was like, well, Giants at plus. I immediately when they got uh, yeah. Galladay, I immediately did like Spaghetti did. Went to Fanduel. Checked, uh, checked the future on the Giants to win the division and was like, well, hold on a second. Are we positive that Kenny Galladay is enough to kind of make you consider that the Giants are going to win that division? Well, here, here's what I don't, here's what I'm not sure of with the Giants. And we say, oh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, all these guys like, don't do it, Sal. You're going to upset spaghetti. I'm with just going to say, like, say do, do we know that these guys are good or are they good fantasy players? Because their team is down uh, 17 in the fourth quarter every time, right? Like, uh, so you're moving one of those guys out or maybe one of them's not double covered or whatever you're going to say. And now Galladay, now to your point, Dave, and this is a good pivot right here. Maybe you don't know what you're getting with Galladay. Maybe you don't. Maybe he was all Matthew Stafford, but you do know what you're getting in Juju Smith-Schuster, right? As long yeah. as that guy stays healthy and as long as he has Big Ben throwing to him, he's going to be around 1,000 yards and between six and 10 touchdowns. How much? How many receivers can you say that for, honestly? You can't say that. If health is not a consideration, if he's not going to get hurt, that is a good signing. And I know you think that's a good signing for one year, and especially because it kept him off the Ravens who were um, – desperately trying to sign him, right? So, of course, that's good. Well, who, I don't even know who's upset with Is anyone really upset with this? Oh, are you kidding me? I don't Obviously, know. Obviously, you, you do not go online and surf around black and gold-related uh, websites and Twitter feeds and otherwise. People are very upset about this, Sal. People One in year? Pittsburgh. One year deal? You don't want that guy back? I don't understand. Oh, people that. are very upset about the devotion of those dollars when the Steelers are flawed at, uh, you know, on the offensive line. Mm. It, it, it's not a direct um robbing Peter to pay Paul that Steven Nelson, their their, you know, presumed second best corner behind Joe Hayden, or maybe even their their best is going to have to go. Um the restructuring right. of his deal got sideways. Apparently it doesn't directly impact their decision to but people are making it as though you can either have Juju or Steven Nelson. So people in Pittsburgh are upset. On that front, I'm with you. And I, I think you just said to me, 
in practical terms, I know it's not this clean, but really think about this. The people who are in Pittsburgh are like, ah, Juju, he's, he's a second receiver. He can't shine on his own. He's not a, uh, a number one. Well, they're not paying him like a, uh, yeah. a number one receiver at this point. One and two, um, it, it sounded like the Ravens were really, really going after him yeah. and he would have been effective in what they like to do uh, up the seams specifically. Juju is ideal for that with Lamar Jackson. So think about it only on that level, Steelers fans. That's Would you it. like to see Juju? And I don't just mean the gut punch of like one of our heroes wearing the purple hat with that weird bird on the side of that. I mean, practically, he would swing the division away fully from the Steelers having any realistic sure. shot. If he goes there... The Browns are loaded up. They are going to be. I I imagine if you can if you can blur your eyes and avoid the the ugly history of the Cleveland Browns in the Super Bowl era, they are that they should be the heavy favorite to win the division. And if Juju goes to the Ravens, it as far as I'm concerned makes it pretty clear that the Ravens are the second best team because they will have a more uh, a well, passing it, game. Ergo, they will vanquish the Steelers, who would be diminished, and the Steelers would be a surefire third or fourth place team. Because of that swing, and I do think Juju Smith-Schuster is impactful enough in that trade-off that that, that would be the result. I mean, I, and they're already fine. favored. The Ravens are already, even without Juju, are favored to uh, win that division at plus 110. The Browns are 2-1, to one, and the Steelers, who were 11-0 and 0 last year, are plus 280. That didn't really move that much with the Juju signing. And then you got the Bengals, if you uh, want to be a hot shot there, take them at 23-1. to one. So, Dave, you, your money's on the Browns at 2-1. to one. Yes, it is. And mm. that said, here's it, uh, one more thing. I'm sorry. I don't want to go down the Steelers rabbit hole here. But it's, a lot, thing, it's a lot of Steelers. It really is. Oh, go ahead. It is a lot of Steelers? <laughs> huh? It is? It's too much? You mean today no, or no, in general? Ahead. I'm kidding. In go life. Ahead. Oh, just in life. Yeah. What, ahead, do you, what, do, what do you mean? You think I wait? I, talk, I, I talk want to get back the, to Sister Jean. I talk too much about the Steelers. You don't have any Sister Jean. How are you supposed to pull off this uh, division win? It's not going to happen. Um. Yeah, by the way. Isn't Sister Jean, let's take this to, uh, by, uh, shouldn't like the first pick in the NBA draft be Sister Jean just to have her on your side? How do, I don't know <laughs> how that works. It wouldn't be bad. Does it work in the salary should, cap structure? Yeah. Right. If the Steelers would sign her in free agency, wouldn't that cinch the, a playoff? Because she gets you again to a certain level. It doesn't mean you win the overall right. thing, but you at least get there yeah. and then you're relevant at least in the first round or two. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's been the bugaboo for the Steelers. They can't get over that first round lately. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the thing I'll say also, and also maybe the best thing she could do is say a prayer for Roethlisberger's elbow. This, uh, this idea that we always hear about and, and have accepted for 25 years, like, Oh, the guy tore his ACL. Okay, he's back this year, but next year, that's when he's really going to be good. Mm. I, I I don't know the answer to this, and if there are any doctors listening, I would love a legitimate answer to this. I don't know about the specifics of what they did to his elbow, but it doesn't it stand the reason that in year two, after the injury, that Roethlisberger's elbow will be better than it was last year, and it was you fine last so. year, but when, shouldn't it... Uh, doesn't it make sense that it's also going to be better in year two post-surgery? I, I don't know. know. Look You're out for that because that's a major factor um, in uh, in the AFC North, I would think, in 2021. Well, if you would think that you you think the Browns are taking it at plus 200. You got to decide now, Dave. It's March 22nd. I just told you. <laughs> no, we better figure it out before uh, before April Fool's Day. Um, but yes, the Browns. I, I, yeah, of course. I, you'd be crazy to... 
it, based on what we've seen it, it recently, yeah, the Browns are the clear pick, it seems to me, in the North. I was looking for, um, I was looking back at pictures. I don't know if you've done this. Very depressing, right? Like a year ago, today, and whatever. So um, <laughs> for Fox, Fox Bet Live, we were obviously shut down a year ago, right around now. But we had to do these digital hits, right? You know, like, hey, just keep it going. Just shoot something from your office or whatever. And like, okay. And so I, I look back at one and I <laughs> said, uh, all right, football fans, there's obviously a lot going on in the world, but it's not too early to think about the defensive player of the year odds. Did him up until <laughs> Khalil Mack is six to one odds. This is the world is scorching at its highest scorch level right there. It's like March 17th, 2020. And I'm talking about freaking who even knew that there was going to be games, let alone a defensive player of the year. And I'm like tongue in cheek saying that, all right, this is what everyone's thinking about right now. It's like, no, no one's scrambling to find out where the hell their kids are going to school or their best connection on zoom or anything else. But, um, this is a little more to promising get, talking to get about in it now. on the Khalil Mack future. Yes, do it. Which and, he, and of course, he didn't even have a shot. It <laughs> wasn't even really close for uh, poor Camille. Uh, Camille. <laughs> Camille. <laughs> I'm losing it. Uh, oh, Crown Royal believes being a Royal fan this season means staying safe, generously supporting your community and drinking responsibly while rooting on your team. That's how to crown your game day Dave, my crown royal athlete of the week, drum roll, Cameron Crutwig. We talked about him. Big man, Loyola, Chicago, 6'9", 255. He put up 19 points, 12 rebounds against Illinois. Really, really controlled Kofi Coburn. Like I was like, why doesn't that guy score every trip down? Well, because Cameron Crutwig is there defending him. And by the way, look at this guy. He's, he really looks like they, they did a whole thing. Everybody was talking about who he reminds you of. I'm thinking Game of Thrones, the guy who lived in the library with the giant books. That's that a good guy. call. Yes, yes. A uh, little Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobile. Little little Uncle Buck. If they ever do remakes of uh, those movies and if his basketball career fizzles out, I don't think Sister Jean will allow it to happen. But if that's the case, you could look at Cameron Crutwig as right there to fill in, play those roles. Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. And now also my crown royal Athlete of the Week, Cameron Crutwig. Good job by you. Dave, who's your? I love that one. Some good references there. I go Big Cat combined with Private Pile gives us Crutwig. Big Crut. Um, I'm going to go with, and by the way, Abilene Christian also um, strikes a powerhouse visual. It's really the stuff of um, feel-good movies about um, a, a, a weird group of people who have no business competing with the high-end team coming together and vanquishing them on a miracle play at the end of the game. I mean, they have Abilene Christian has that 6-5. I mean, he, let's just say what it is. He's fat. I mean, mm. he's, a, he's a fat guy. And then at the same time, they have a guy who's five foot seven and 140 pounds who makes the other guy who's six feet, 150 pounds look gigantic. It's all insane. It makes no sense to me. Um, and it's a fun little, great. fun little pickup game they put together, right? <laughs> you, 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 and, uh, and then somehow they win the game. It advanced. makes no, it makes no sense. It's 
see, I'm not that big a curmudgeon. This is what's great about March Madness. We gravitate to these guys. Never mind the fact that they're going to lose and then we'll never think about them again. But this is this year's pit snoggle to me, the combo of Crutwig and the entire roster of Abilene Christian, except for the annoying guy who just keeps screaming and jumping around. That guy, I I feel that that's you. Isn't that you? is off-putting the guy the as somebody who was once the 13th man on his uh, <laughs> high school basketball team yeah. i i get the do's and don'ts of it this guy goes too far he's trying to make it about him not about the team they so, have a lively bench for sure yeah, yeah that guy that guy notwithstanding it's it's a fun watch um they're basically they should be the buffalo sabers of this tournament which is to say that they can't beat anybody and yet they have one win and so uh exceeding expectation already good well for them. Let me tell you something. And by the time this airs, uh, a lot of you may, this game might be over, but I'm, I'm going big on UCLA. I think it's over. Call me crazy. I just don't think two 15 seeds in the Sweet 16. This Abilene Christian team is fun, but they shot 30% and it went over Texas. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Texas. They couldn't hold on to the ball. They forced a lot of turnovers, Abilene Christian. The Texas, like they had like 22 Early second half, it was insane. But I think UCLA. This is a puts tournament. A is on Ab- with Abilene Christian, they lost four games. How did that? I mean, it's are fine. they good or not? Because at that level, should they, maybe they slip up once? Maybe in the COVID year, okay, I'll allow them to lose. They lost four games. What are they doing playing Texas at all? Come it's on, it's a long year. Nonsense. It's a long year. Why is it nonsense? Big nice fun just, memories. It's fun. I, what did I, I don't worry be, about it's it. It's very be. fun. It's very fun. I believe me. I did my, not miss a second uh, that my eyeballs could possibly find bouncing around from TBS to true to mm-hmm. CBS. And, and of course, I have to work in some uh, some NHL satellite uh, local broadcasts along the way too. doing all. I, I watch it all. I love it all. It's delightful. It's it, it it also is silly. Is I mean, what what are we watching? It's Oregon not silly State knocking off Kate Cunningham. Up. Nobody likes that. Let's uh, let's not pretend that that. I'm was sorry, great, your favorite look. player isn't going to be your favorite player is not going to be in the hockey finals either. I got the best player. I, I hate to tell you, that's just oh, how it's going to be. Well, that's, that's a discussion be. for another day. Sidney Crosby is doing heroic stuff, and he may well be still the All most right. impactful player. Aaron Rodgers didn't make the Super Bowl. Neither I get did it. Uh, yeah, come on. I get it. it. But I'll just just for the record, Connor McDavid yeah. is uh, if if you aren't taking time to watch I love Sidney Crosby, you know, mm. I love bragging about um the the forwards that have worn black and gold uh, and skated around. Connor McDavid, if you aren't drinking him in and you want to call yourself a sports fan, I don't know what. I mean, what what a what <laughs> I mean just a the visual of He's different on the ice versus any. Do you watch him at all, Sal? Do you? I mean, I the, the idea that Drysital or anybody else, like, yeah, Drysital's great. It, there's something about Connor McDavid just knifing through. It's like a nightmare. I was like, how is he so fast and just so so breezy? I don't understand how he. Although I guess he has 60 points in uh, the shortest amount of games mm. in uh, like tw- 25 years. Or something Mikey like Meatballs, that. is this Connor McDavid good or is this all hooey and applesauce from day? I mean, I'm talking about like top five in the history of the game. Whoa. Kind of level guy. Meatballs, top five you've seen? Yeah, I can confirm that David is correct on that. Wow, interesting. All right. It's crazy. Everybody can skate in the NHL and yet he skates around all of them. It's it, it, it's 
uh, it's well, something Dave, to behold. Whether it's hockey or college basketball or NBA, Crown Royal is a perfect addition to your game day. But don't forget to stay hydrated and drink responsibly. That was a Crown Royal water break. Moderate your drink on game day. For more on how to crown your game day, visit at Crown Royal on Instagram. That whole thing was a Crown Royal. I didn't realize. Yeah, I know you didn't realize. It was a long one. <laughs> I forgot it would, to end it. That's tough. It's tough to end these things sometimes. What do you got going on, Dave? You have two minus three episodes coming up this week? Um, yes, as always, minus three. We appreciate you downloading, subscribing, uh, spreading the good word there. Kevin Hench has been um, has, uh, very much like Connor McDavid, not in, in positive results necessarily, mm. but in 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 just as Connor McDavid draws your eyeball when you're watching him. Hench draws your ear. He just offends everybody. I mean, like, I, I'm just glad he yeah, goes at me problem? a lot, but then when he goes <laughs> at spaghetti, it's a relief, or if he goes at uh, his yeah. Celtics or anybody else, it's uh, it's good fun. So uh, make sure you're downloading and subscribing and all the rest of it. Minus three twice a week. Got him on with the Against All Odds crew tomorrow. We're going to go over this March match. I, I don't know. I guess we'll go over the games the late later in the week. I'm not sure how it is. It's, it screws me up that there's no games Thursday, Friday this week, but enjoy them today. Enjoy sports in general. And just a reminder to everyone out there who may feel like an underdog, just remember, you're all my favorites. 